0: Welcome back everyone to episode two of the Nurse Debbie podcast. I am Lisa Rogers, your host, and today I have an interview for you with Pamela Street. She is a retired nurse and cannabis activist here in Oklahoma. I had planned on bringing you an episode today about smoking versus vaping, but unfortunately I haven't had a chance to sit down and record that yet. Um, And I had been planning on getting with Pamela uh, to do this interview, so it just worked out that we were able to get together and get that done this week. Uh, So I hope you guys enjoy um, her interview. Uh, We're going to talk about... um kind of how she think, sees things in nursing and uh, some of the hurdles that patients currently face here in our state. And we talk a little bit about uh, our current uh, medical program here in Oklahoma. So I um, hope you guys enjoy and I will see you after the interview. Today I have Pamela Street with me, a retired RN and cannabis nurse activist. Uh, she has agreed to join me today so we can talk about um, what she's doing and things that are going on here in Oklahoma and maybe even nationally and all that kind of good stuff. So, Pamela, thank you so much for being here today.
1: <laughs> thank you for coming. I hope uh, you enjoy the the lake here at Moon Pie Inn.
0: I know. You've got a great view. I'm so jealous. I may, I may come move in with you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's like this is a beautiful spot out here, well, especially this time of year. <laughs>
1: And uh, it is a cannabis medicine friendly uh, environment here so someday it'll find its purpose so far uh, we've rented it the cabin here on the lake Moon Pie Inn we've rented it out a few times and the money or donation went to help Mm. have a little bud or a child get their recommendation.
0: Right. Uh, yeah. So, okay, so tell, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you said you're retired, so how long did you work as a, as a nurse?
1: Well, I spent um, many years in home health. I, of course, was pretty discouraged uh, even going into nursing. I had first considered uh, psychology. I wanted to understand the problem that they coined it through the 70s and 80s, uh, chemical dependence. Mm, mm-hmm. um, that's a tricky word. Oh, yeah. <laughs> chemical is being used as an acceptable idea these days. Right. Even body functions are called biochemical. hmm So, um, but um, I had become widowed. And by those means, I had a route to education. I had two young sons. And um, I I had trouble accepting primary care. I knew that I didn't want to work in emergency medicine. Um, I'd had a real background in folk medicine I'm from Stigler Oklahoma I mean I'm right I know some hillbillies (laughs) Um, but home health was very rewarding you got to Mm -hmm. know these patients in their own environment and that taught me so much about patient rights I would go in and do the Mm intakes and back in the day you went through six intake pages telling them of their rights, of their responsibilities, and uh, you you can complain on a caregiver. Um, I saw so many things change in, say, 20 years, Mm -hmm. and I already knew it was bad to begin with. (laughs) Um, I found myself doing a lot of contract work. I put in Link to Life's. Mm -hmm. It was an awesome job. I felt like I had really done something for a patient. I wrote their emergency profiles in case of a fall. Right. Or um, insurance assessments and stuff. Um, I flipped houses. I was avoiding nursing. Mm-hmm. But uh, in retrospect, I... I know what the nursing philosophy was about and I know how it got lost in medicine but it's really hard to say I mean you know you can end up sounding a little conspiratorial but I'm happy to have left nursing right I wouldn't work in it today (laughs) You sound like me now, (laughs) and I'm still working in it. Yeah, yeah. I I found a deep appreciation of physiology. Mm hmm I mean, I had a fine education, but, you know, some things were left out, and it got lost in medicine. Right. So, um, western
0: Western medicine likes to think that it's the the be-all, end-all.
1: It's crazy, and one-size-fits-all. Yeah. I have my own personal damages from procedures and mm-hmm. medications that uh, just weren't meant for right. me, obviously. Right. So it's pretty sad. I've seen a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a strong opinion on mm-hmm. other things. Right. But I find um, that I'm still a nurse, even in retirement, I'm still a nurse. And there's so much power and hope mm-hmm. that um, I'm really excited to see where this movement takes us. This movement wasn't just about cannabis anyway. Right. We had teachers. We had the gay rights. We had a lot of people at the Capitol saying it's about time that we change the same-o, same Mm-hmm. Uh, We should be in power, and it's it took off.
0: um, I know. I I was excited when I found out that it was going to be up for a vote. Number one, and at the time I was actually doing travel nursing when we voted on it. So I was actually in California at the time when we voted on it, but you know, but, and I was really hoping it was going to pass. And, and as much as, even though I was really hoping it would pass, I was still really surprised mm-hmm. when it did, mm-hmm. as I think a lot of people were, even people who'd been working really hard to make it happen. I think everybody was really shocked that, oh my God, we actually passed this. It's like, I can't believe Oklahoma just did that. But then I kind of expected, like most people did, that You know, we would be like most other states. That it would take forever before we actually started seeing... You know any dispensaries able to sell product and growers and you know all that sort of thing. I figured it'd be at least a year or two down the road before any of that happened. Well, shoot, within six months, yes, yes. the first dispensaries were open and selling product. And you know now here we are a little over a year later and we've got over two hundred thousand licensed patients in the state. I, I forget how many. There's I know there's over a thousand growers. There's well over what a thousand, two thousand dispensaries or something across the state. Mm-hmm. I mean there there are very few corners of the state at this point that do not have easy accessibility to a dispensary.
1: This is true. But there's still um, a big lack of understanding, Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. And as much as I'm in a position to support all those growers and dispensaries and so forth, I truthfully do. But I grow some beautiful cannabis. Oh, I bet. <laughs> and, and there is a special uh, bond with your medicine. Uh, mm-hmm. You tell your plants that they are medicine. Right. And I don't know. I'm getting a little to the left, but um, it's been a fine experience. I'm starting, uh, well, even before the vote, I understood The miracles of cannabis Mm -hmm.
0: Um,
1: I don't know how many people were operating illegally but I have no problem stating that I've used cannabis medicinally since the 70s and this is kind of in hindsight the understanding of that right but I came from some very difficult situations and um, Truthfully, I wouldn't be sitting here a sane person having Mm -hmm. this conversation. And I know that. Right. My um, uncle got in trouble. He was 86 at the time, and he uh, had a surgery to remove some bowel. Uh, He kind of recovered that, went back for two chemo, and they put him in a hospice deathbed. Wow. two chemo. So, he thought he had an experience in the hospital where a nurse or an angel came to him and said, the doctor truthfully can't help you. Maybe Mm -hmm. you could try uh, marijuana. Anyway, so my cousin calls. I'm taking Brick Mexican, making Rick Simpson oil. Right. And I saw a miracle. He had metastases to his liver. They were suspicious of the lung spine and the lining of his brain wow and he'll be 90 years old wow next year and uh he was pretty hit and miss because we were using mexican because it was 50 an ounce right (laughs) and uh that's everybody's kind of poor you Mm -hmm. know uh, we didn't have the freedoms we have today or the bud right we have today and um I've seen it drop basal cells off skin uh, It's remarkable for skin conditions mm-hmm. and by golly are we not seeing this in every child Oh yeah a, a skin condition mm-hmm uh, I want to know what's going on my fight does not stop at medical cannabis right
0: well and you know I've and, and I tend to agree with this theory I've, I've heard some people theorize that because we, cut cannabis out of our diets altogether for the last 80 plus years you know used to it was available everywhere it was used as a medicine throughout this country up until what like the 20s or 30s Mm -hmm. and um you know people easily had access to it to make their own medicine it was prescribed by doctors you know hemp was being grown everywhere animals were eating it you know it was we were almost always getting some type of intake of of the phytocannabinoids and then we totally cut it out of our system and and I'm like a lot of people I honestly wonder how much of that has contributed to the things we see today yes. with increase in cancers across the board you know childhood cancers cancers in adults um, you know all the different health issues that we see you know all the different problems and stuff that we're seeing from a healthcare standpoint that we know relates back to inflammation in the body and autoimmune disorders. And it's like, so how much of that is because we've screwed up our, our system so badly
1: that because we yes. weren't taking
0: that in, you know? Same,
1: at the same time a prohibition, they started introducing more processed foods and genetically mm-hmm. modified foods. And, you know, so our, our um, uh, nutritional status was hijacked. Right. And uh, that's what I... When I talk about cannabis in a healing routine uh, and you put nursing concepts to it, you know that you don't even have a foundation until you mm-hmm. correct your sleep, until right. you correct your appetite, and your mood. Mm-hmm. Everything's so interdependent, but cannabis is well known for those three things. Find that foundation and there's no stopping the miracles of the body this is what by we are biological and we live in a biological process of Mm -hmm. consuming biologicals right Um, not chemicals Mm -hmm. I'm so sad and um, I think I've got in more trouble (laughs) about um, my cautions on vaccine schedules than I have in talking cannabis. Right. Now, that was a statement I probably could have done without, but I don't feel that my fight is over. Mm-hmm. There's something very, very wrong.
0: Right. Yeah. It's. I, I agree. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things I think we've introduced that we didn't used to have that are causing problems today that we don't fully understand yet. Just like there's a lot of stuff about the plant that we don't understand yet and exactly how it works. And, you know, it's, you know, I think vaccines serve a purpose, but at the same time, sometimes I sit there and wonder, well, you know, I'm, I'm not an anti-vaxxer type of person, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, well, you know, we, we, introduce all of these things into our bodies like you said all the chemicals all the pre-processed foods you know all of these different things and it's gonna you know it's gonna take a toll and well okay so here's a good story yeah here's a good story for you so my best friend bless her heart love her to death but she her body is like the weirdest thing ever she she i mean used to she could eat pretty much whatever she wanted and several years ago, she started having some health problems. They couldn't figure out what was going on. And they finally figured out, I forget what all it was now, but like she's, now she's gluten intolerant. Um, you know, she can't like just go, she can't do pre-processed foods at all. She can't go out to just any restaurant and eat. You know, she has to know exactly how, you know, do they have a gluten-free menu? How did they fix it? Like she's so sensitive Her, her and her daughter have to have two separate toasters and her daughter's toaster has to be on the bottom shelf and hers has to be on the top shelf because if her daughter's is on the top shelf and, and she pulls it out and some crumbs accidentally fall from her toaster into her mom's toaster, she'll have a reaction. That's how sensitive her body oh is, and she. But the crazy thing is, she's even allergic to cannabis. Though she can't even use oh. cannabis. I'm like, how are you allergic to that? She's like, I don't know. But it just, you know. And there is a certain percentage of people that I mean, it's a plant. It's still a plant. It's like anything else. People, you know, are, there's going to be a certain percentage of people that will have a reaction to it. That's not a good reaction. Mm-hmm. But she. But the funny thing is, is like she. She actually just got back from um, Europe. She was over there uh, in a teaching position. She can eat bread and things over there that she can't eat over here because they don't use the GMOs and stuff over there that we do.
1: Funny thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's it's kind of interesting. There's things that she can eat over there that she can't eat over here because her body won't tolerate it, but they don't use the GMOs and stuff over there that we do either. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, it makes you wonder how much of that plays into a lot of the problems that people have today. And especially when you look at like some of the gut issues that people have and, um, you know, Crohn's and, um, oh gosh, what's the other one I'm looking for? Uh, colitis. of yeah, colitis and things like that. So, you know, you have to kind of wonder how much of that plays into
1: yeah.
0: all of these different problems.
1: Now we have a, a medication once you find the magic recipe for those conditions. But it does not uh, explain mm-hmm. why. Right. And we will continue generation after generation to have... Uh, you know, there was a study where they, they said the third generation of mice eating GMO products mm-hmm. were kind of barren um, a percentage really? of Really? Yes. Hmm. Now, is that a nutritional deficiency? Right. Or is that a poisoning? I, you know... You could sit at a computer and drive yourself crazy.
0: Oh, yeah. You can go down so many rabbit holes.
1: <laughs> yes. But truthfully, I believe in the body. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I was discouraged first in nursing, and I let it uh, take me a direction where I became a level two healing touch mm-hmm. practitioner. And that was through the Holistics Nurses Association. Right. And I do. I believe in an an energy. Um, And just as our cells are fed a certain way, our energy is fed a certain way. And medicine and even nursing has somewhat cut us off with all the rules Mm -hmm. from those meaningful connections of healing. Right. From, I mean... We're going to heal you with a pill. We're not going to heal right. you with an exchange of
0: right. Um, love. Well, and I think we have to hit a balance. It's yeah. like you know, western Western medicine has its place. I mean, because Lord knows I'm a nurse and I've been a nurse for 25 years, and you know, it's not to say that Western medicine hasn't made significant strides and figured out a lot of different things and found ways to treat things that we didn't have a way to treat before. But there needs to be a balance, and and I've thought this for years, is that there needs to be a balance between what we would consider Eastern medicine and Western medicine. You know, it's like with the whole thing with introducing cannabis. You know, there's a lot of doctors and nurses and other clinicians out there, but especially doctors, who don't think that either one they keep touting the the misconception that oh well there's not enough research to prove that it does xyz which i'm like okay how much more research do you need because there's thousands upon thousands of studies out there on all different types of things that cannabis has, Mm -hmm. has been used to help um but two, you know because we're still in this like limbo between state legalization and federal illegalization that a lot of doctors don't want to touch it. The patients aren't getting any guidance. Um, You know, they, the doctors a lot of times just don't know what to tell the patients, number one, and they don't want to discuss it. But I mean, a lot of them just honestly think that there's no place for it in what we call modern medicine. And I'm like, but why isn't there a place for it? That's where, uh, you know, our, our most basic medicines, that's where it comes from is from plants. You know, I mean, Coumadin comes from Digitalis, so, you know, which is in foxglove. So, it's like, why isn't there a place for cannabis as well? You know, it can help with so many different things. It helps us to maintain our homeostasis. It works across a broad spectrum of problems. So, why can't we incorporate this into, quote-unquote, modern medicine?
1: And you're very commonsensical, but when I think about nursing, Mm hmm Uh, You don't even want me to talk about medicine and doctors. I feel they're a little cowardly. I do. I'm sorry. (laughs) But in nursing, we have the same problem. We're all being somewhat manipulated Mm -hmm. into the box. And I can tell you, I've met with people at the medical association. Mm -hmm. And in their honesty, they'll tell you, oh, it's just not time. It's not going to happen. Right. They are controlling... The situation. And that mm-hmm. that's so unethical. Right. So I've been to the Ethics Commission. And it's been gutted. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, at the state capitol, it's been gutted from what we used to call ethics. Right. Down to money. Mm-hmm. How a campaign's run. Right. Not about a person's ability to seek the freedom of health. You right. Know? So things are really misconstrued uh, to a common sense understanding of the Mm -hmm. average citizen. Right. um, I hold nurses, since we're talking nursing, Mm -hmm. I hold them to their philosophy. I I wish they would all revisit and say, you you know, but we do know. The majority of those can hold a philosophy Mm -hmm. and still work a job that goes against it and get that paycheck. Right. So it's really it's really hard to see how this will all unfold i know speaking uh it was red dirt cannabis nurse association and i get to mention my friend leslie mm-hmm. we went to uh, speak to the oklahoma nurses association conference last year in tulsa on cannabis and nursing so we presented the National councils, guidelines for state boards of nursing, which are are uh, reasonable. Um, but if you give in to the hope and possibilities, those things make a whole lot more sense. Right. They're just reading a piece of paper. I did not feel a, a great acceptance. Um, I don't think nurses left and said I'm changing things
0: right and it's you know and, and I because I talked to somebody about this the other day and um there's a, a podcast I listen to a lot called uh, Cannabis Heals Me mm-hmm. and <clears throat> excuse me she had a um a, I can't think of her name now but anyway she had a lady on there she's on the I guess the board for the American Cannabis Nurse Association and she's, she's a Ph.D. nurse. She does research and stuff. But she's been um, asked to help, and she's currently helping to write the first nursing textbook about, okay. about cannabis and the endocannabinoid system and the pharmacology and all that stuff. And it's going to be published by Lippincott, which to me is huge. Yes. I'm like, that's like a massive
1: mm-hmm. step
0: in the right direction, you know, as far as within the realm of nursing. But, of course, then the next big thing is going to be once the book actually comes out... Um, nursing programs, picking that up and beginning to incorporate that into their overall program structure because um, she had brought up the, the National Council about their statement and everything and, and she said, because this is, she just did this interview like a few months ago um, and she said that every three years they meet to come up with new questions for the, the state board exam and um, so I think she said like in the next year uh, they will be meeting again to come up with new questions and she said you know she's like i don't know if they're going to start introducing questions at that time for the state board uh, regarding cannabis or if they're going to do it the next go around which would be you know three Mm -hmm. or four years from now to give the schools time to start to which i I figure it'll probably be not this time but the next because the schools are going to have to have time to start to incorporate that into their nursing programs but I'm like, if they start adding questions to the state board, the nursing programs aren't going to have a choice. They're going to have to start to teach this. Exactly. Because otherwise, you know, they're doing their students a huge disservice by not giving them the information that they need to be able to answer those particular questions correctly. And that could be the difference between between them getting their license or not. You know? <laughs>
1: and every so often I call uh, UCO mm-hmm. and, and give them a bit of a hard time. Or at least, you know... Uh, say I'm available with references uh, you know they've got their own sources of information and um, they'll wait for another state university Mm -hmm. or whatever to send their people rather than this is what really gets me you mentioned earlier that one of the great excuses is there's not enough research right and so I've been to a few conferences where uh, it's fun to bring up cannabis, like mental mm-hmm. health for children or something like that. Right. A question from the audience. And so I had, you know, they go right to their default. Well, the research and the young brain mm-hmm. under cannabis mm-hmm. is... Right. It. So right. I'm raising my hand and saying... Uh, in this audience, you have several people representative of a, a, a whole population that are now in their 40s through their 70s mm-hmm. who may have used this product daily.
0: Exactly. May
1: mm-hmm. have noticed that their life and their careers were successful, their artistic uh, mm-hmm. achievements were met. And, um Boy, they'll blow you off really fast. Um, That's what's unattractive about science. It's meant to accomplish what it's meant to accomplish.
0: Right. Yeah. This is true. Well, I know you had mentioned earlier about the Little Buds program. So why don't you tell me about that a little bit?
1: Okay. So um, I'm involved with a, a trade association that supports women in the cannabis industry, Oklahoma Women Can Association. Uh, As a nonprofit, they've got, uh, we've got a couple of projects where we help children Mm -hmm. get their recommendations, and then women who might uh, find themselves in a corner or, uh, you know, cannabis could be a step up for them, but a year's gone by and they still don't have their license. Right. Um, So, I've had the privilege of working with many families across Oklahoma, and uh, in the next week, I hope to be able to gather some information, just simple information. What changes have you noticed? What products seemed useful for what conditions? Right. So, uh, I'm excited to uh, gather that information, and... uh, increase my knowledge about pediatric uh, medicating I don't fear many of the things that other people do in Mm -hmm. in treating pediatrics or the elderly or um, I believe in medicating in any fashion available um, in growing my medicine I find I have to start with an extraction, and a lot of people call Mm -hmm. it Rick Simpson oil. Mm -hmm. And from there, I'm better able to understand my dosing. I'm able to take it to several different forms of medications in different routes. Um, So... The miracles I've seen have somewhat involved Rick Simpson oil, but on a daily basis, mm-hmm. uh, with my stress disorder, i I can appreciate uh, understanding the controversy.
0: <laughs>
1: right. My rolled cannabis. Mm-hmm. I get a, a what I expect. Right. Number one, and it's fast, familiar. And it's worked for me for many, many years. Mm
0: -hmm. Um. I was going to say, what do you kind of see as like, I mean, I know what I see because I I still work in home health. And so I know what I'm seeing every day when I go out and I'm seeing patients at home. But I mean, what do you kind of see as like the biggest, um, I guess probably one of the biggest obstacles for patients, not only here in Oklahoma, but, you know, in other states where they have legal programs and, um I mean, I know I have my personal opinion on that, but yep. <laughs> I wondered kind of what you were, what you thought, and what kind of like what you're saying.
1: I think a very big obstacle with the people I'm working with, of course, is money, mm-hmm. um, and it's sad to understand that uh, here's a gift, right? But you don't have a car or something. You, mm-hmm. I don't. I uh, I really appreciate that Oklahoma. Uh, Understood that we needed to grow. That was a special uh, part of our our legislation. So, um, what was the question? Just, <laughs> that's okay. Just well, I know. Like what I've been
0: saying is, you know, because most of my patients are uh, over sixty-five, yes, and you know, the vast majority of them are on fixed incomes. Um, you know, they're usually on Medicare, if not Medicare and Medicaid. So it's, you know, the sometimes the biggest problem for them is just physically being able to get somewhere to get their recommendation to get a card. Which, yeah. of course, you know, everybody's going to say, well, you know, you have telehealth and blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, they also charge usually around $150 to do a referral. And a lot of my patients who are over 65 do not have a computer. And they don't want to deal with getting That's on a true. computer. They want to see a person in person. So you know you have Very that true. that part of the obstacle, and then of course you know now if they're on Medicare in, in our state, if they're on Medicare, Medicaid, um, or a veteran, it's twenty five.
1: I think yes. disabled veteran, it'd be twenty dollars, and there's a two fifty fee right for processing
0: right. There. So they basically they can get it for about twenty bucks is their fee to the state, but then which isn't that bad. But then they have to actually go buy their product. Yeah. And that, to me, is, you know, outside of if they can get to a dispensary, which, of course, in our state, we they allow for um, when you apply for your card, you can list a caregiver. So, someone who can go pick up for you, buy the product for you, and, and transport it back to you legally, Um but it's just everything so expensive which and i understand on the one hand why it's so expensive yes. because the dispensaries and stuff don't get the federal tax breaks and things that other businesses do so they have to increase their price just so they can stay afloat and make a profit but at the same time the patients are having to pay for that yes. plus that doesn't count the huge tax that our state has on <laughs> On <laughs> well, yes. cannabis, that is yes. ridiculously high. <laughs> that other
1: medications don't.
0: Have. Yeah, that other medications no. don't. I mean, we're basically paying a sin tax.
1: I said su- yes, ma'am, and I suppose we're working towards something better. Um, Hopefully, mm-hmm. but that's the biggest obstacle mm-hmm. in itself is the attitude, mm-hmm. and that attitude is in our churches and in our legislation and in the grocery stores. And how long does it take it to change? Um. You know, like you said, Prohibition has been 80 years now. Mm-hmm. And uh, California has had medicine since the 90s. I mean, right. it makes you wonder who's um, who's I fighting know. for our rights. Right. And,
0: um, and unfortunately, a lot of our state legislators still have the opinion that the only people that wanted medical cannabis are people who just want to get high. Yes. And... Not to say that there aren't people out there who are taking advantage of it so that they can do that. We all know that there is. That's totally beside the point. But the fact is that there's the vast majority of people who get their card are getting it because they want and need to use it for some medical reason. Whether it's, you know, anxiety, um, pain, uh, cancer, you know, seizures, um, COPD. I mean, there's a multitude of different health reasons why people want to be able to use it for medicine and the, a lot of our legislators still have the opinion of well it's not medicine people are just it's just a drug and people are using right. it to get high and and that that's one of our big challenges i think is is changing their attitude which some of them you'll never be able to change but you know we still have even though we got 788 passed we we still have to work really hard to not lose what we've gained and try to keep refining our medical program further to make it work better for everybody.
1: Wouldn't it be glorious if nurses took the lead?
0: That's what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think people, you know, it's been said that nurses are the most trusted of mm-hmm. healthcare professionals right? And so forth. Um,
0: well, and we're supposed to be patient advocates.
1: Exactly. And to empower those patients. Mm -hmm. Um, I can, I mean, cannabis is a nurse's dream in Mm -hmm. reality if you really are that nurse at heart.
0: Yep. And it, well, it's, the thing I like about cannabis is one of the frustrations I've kind of experienced over the years, and I've been doing home health now for about nine years, so... And most of my nursing career has been spent working in hospitals and, you know, stuff like that. But it's one of the big things I've I've seen over the years, especially in the last few years since we've been having this whole buildup with the opioid crisis and everything for the last several years, is I have patients who either can't get the pain relief that they need because they've taken everything and their bodies are maxed out on everything and nothing works anymore. So they're just in constant pain all the time. Um, even if they have a pain medication regimen that works for them for the most part, you've got pain doctors out there that don't want to prescribe because, you know, they're think you get to a point where you think people are just drug seeking and, you know, you're like, and even though we're taught pain is very subjective, so you have to go by what the person says yeah. at the same time. you know, I'm sure there's yeah. there's Judge. doctors and right there's there's doctors and nurses that and you know, we've all done it, but you know, I'm sure there's the pain doctors out there that are like, "Well, you really don't need." X amount of oxycodone, and you really don't need to be taking, you know, this, 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 and this, you know, to control your pain. So it's, you know, you run into a lot of that. And I've had patients tell me before that they, you know, smoked before it was legal, you know, because it helped with their anxiety or it helped with their pain. And, you know, and I'm kind of like, okay, la, 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 I don't hear you, yeah. you know, because yes. like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, as long as I don't know, I don't care what you do, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, they're, they're, not people aren't getting the help that they need or, or before 7088 they weren't getting a lot of the help and stuff that they needed and we don't have a pill to fix everything and it's like we're you know for as nurses we're kind of like well your doctor prescribed this so this is what we need to be doing and and this is the best treatment option that we have and yet with cannabis it's like it's a whole new world you know with cannabis it's it's very individualized because everybody's body's different. How we all react to it is different. And how much people need to take is different. And, you know, so it's, you can get results with that that we can't get a lot of times with what we consider modern medicine. And there's no one size fits all solution. You know, it's, you, it's like, you know, one person may need um, a vape to, help when their anxiety and stuff is, is getting higher, or their pain is getting worse or something throughout the course of the day, but yet they're taking a morning and evening standard dose of CBD with, you know, or maybe a full spectrum oil or RSO or whatever it is that they're using and a topical and, you know, <laughs> oh. all of it, you know, there, there's a whole layering of things that they have going on, but they're getting the the effect that they need for whatever their problem is. And the fact that I've heard stories of cannabis reversing conditions that we currently, we can't reverse. Exactly. Not with, with quote unquote, modern medicine, we can't.
1: I'm not even convinced that we're not causing many of Mm -hmm. those conditions. Yeah. So thank goodness we were allowed a plant, you know. True. (laughs) (laughs) I
0: know it's like, ah, it's a plant, you know. Well, and, and it's, I mean, it's huge right now here in Oklahoma. It's, you know. Our our program has just gone like gangbusters and it's done way more I think than anybody ever thought it would possibly do in in the first year. You know, we've got people that are growing their own, we've got growers all over the place, you know, the industry's going like crazy. Of course now we've had some new hurdles pop up with the Unity laws that went into effect and in, when was that? Was that September those went into effect? So yeah, so there's, you know, there's been some new issues that have cropped up, and there's some even further issues coming up, I'm sure, in the next legislative session. So, but it's, you know, it's a work in progress, and it's getting there, but one of the other big things where we've got to overcome is the education part. There's so many, not only education for patients, but education for clinicians, and and I I personally, this is just my personal opinion, I personally feel like, it's a runaway train right now and we're all struggling to catch up. You know, the cannabis train has barreled through Oklahoma (laughs) and it, you know, it's the track has been laid and the depots are there and people are getting on board, but yet everybody's struggling to catch up. The clinicians are struggling to catch up and the patients are struggling to catch up because most people who, Start turning to cannabis have probably never used in their lives, or if they did, they may have used years and years and years ago mm-hmm. when they were younger, and it was strictly for recreational, it wasn't for medicinal, which is a whole different oops, well, not my cup over, a whole different ball game um from you know just going out and smoking it just to have some fun, and then you know you also have of course the clinical component side of. You know, nurses don't know what to tell patients when they ask because we weren't taught on it. A lot of the doctors are the same way. You know, even the ones, I think, who are willing to do recommendations, I'm sure they're more educated on it than most doctors are because they're willing to do the recommendation for one. But, you know, a lot of them don't have the time to really sit down with the patients either, though, and really help them to go through and say, okay, you know, you're on these meds, you know, you need to be sure and, and space this between, you know, so much time between taking yeah. these medications and when you do your CBD or when you do your THC product or whatever, and here's some things to consider. What kind of THC product do you want to use? How much? You know, they don't have time to sit down with the patients and really dig through that nitty-gritty with them.
1: Or his, um, he, he could be asking are you attempting to drop these pharmaceuticals? Right,
0: right. And helping them to get off of some of that mm -hmm, stuff. And mm -hmm. a lot of times it's like, okay, here's your recommendation, out the door you go, and then you're on your own to figure it out. And if you're lucky, you might find a good bud tender that has some good knowledge and can kind of help guide you. But even then, I mean, they're not going to really be able to sit down with people and help take them that step by step.
1: It really is a... An experience of self-exploration. Um, we're, we're all individuals. There's rules of thumb. Mm-hmm. Um, many of them work. Right. Some of them, I'm not so sure. We're learning a lot more about mm-hmm. the plant. And um, actual treatment with the plant for terpenes versus THC content right. might be a great move. Mm-hmm. Especially if we're able to keep a medical program after we go recreation. recreational. Um, I
0: was gonna say, what have you heard on that front? I've I've heard some rumblings yeah. online.
1: <laughs> I I worked the petition to bring. Uh, what was it? Oh crap! I can't think of the name. But I I did work that petition back at the same time. I think we were running 788, if I'm not- Possibly. Right in the same time frame. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe that the human spirit suffers for the control that we experience. I think that we all feel a level of dissonance, whether we understand it or not. Right. Many of us have, and many of us with children, in fact, have to keep a straight focus I want my child to have this therefore to work Mm -hmm. I go and uh, my children I don't want them to use drugs therefore my right so it's um, everybody's right to have a tomato or a peach Mm -hmm. Uh, we don't want 12 peaches in one setting right and so there again empower a person with self exploration, uh, a basic understanding of their physiology. You know, food mm-hmm. really is our medicine. I right? Know it's so cliche,
0: but it's true. It I is mean,
1: true.
0: you know, you always you can tell a difference between how you feel when you're eating all like junk food and pre processed food versus how you feel when you're eating a healthier diet. I mean,
1: and you know, many of us are malnourished mm-hmm. um, the the stress levels being malnourished we're not supporting metabolic processes uh, we're not sleeping as well worried right. about the job the next day I mean it's really a setup mm-hmm. for health failure right it's true and um, I don't know what we can Due to change it all, I'm very happy that cannabis is a medication that can treat that without adding to the right. problems. Right, right. Uh, you know, when antidepressants cause uh, suicidal ideation, then you... I don't know what common sense could even.
0: Right. It's like it, you're taking this medication because you have problems with depression, but yet if it starts to make you have suicidal thoughts, what good is the medication doing you? Uh, you uh, know? <laughs> just continue
1: or talk to your doctor. You right, know? right. Uh, I have seen so much harm from flippant doctors. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done harm mm-hmm. as a nurse. And it's
0: sad. Yeah. I mean I think every I think we all have, not intentionally. Right.
1: It's a brainwash.
0: But it, yeah, it's a brainwashing, but as you know, <laughs> but it's like, you know, when we like okay, like if you have somebody who's doing chemo, you know the chemo is going to have detrimental side effects. But at you but you also know this is a quote unquote, you know, authorized treatment or, you know, whatever, it's an accepted treatment for treating this particular illness and even if they you know are fortunate enough that they are able to beat their cancer and they push it into remission or whatever you know how many side effects are they having to deal with from the treatment itself you know the treatment itself leaves its own problems after it's over that they still have to continue to deal with so
1: yeah, back to the antidepressant Can this, uh, scenario Uh, cancer treatments can certainly cause cancer Mm -hmm.
0: yeah that's the other crazy things like people who do radiation sometimes you know they have uh another cancer show up or it spreads or whatever and they're like well we think the radiation probably did that really you know (laughs) it's like and who thought this was a good idea you know it's i mean there has to be a better way and you know a lot of the research has showed that and, and there's still a lot we have to learn about it. We know that cannabis helps with side effects of chemo treatments and can, and, you know, kill the cancer and push it into remission. But how different cancers respond, yes. that's the part we don't understand yet. You know, some cancers may respond better to maybe it's one particular profile of a plant depending on what kind of terpenes and and all that sort of thing are in it that affects that particular type of cancer versus something else you know affecting a different type of cancer so that part we're still a lot in the dark on and we definitely need a lot more research on that and but it's i've i've started telling people don't worry so much about what strain you're using look at the profile for that plant you know what kind of how many terpenes are in it what kind of terpenes are in it how much cbd and thc and and all the other things that go into it if you're going to be using the whole plant cuz that's going to give you a better idea of what your effects may be from it than you know well is this you know og kush or is it yes. you know purple whatever it's you know <laughs>
1: And I really simplify it by myself with uh, Rick Simpson oil by simply the rule of thumb whole plant mm-hmm. medicine. I mean, just throw it out there. Right. I I, I don't really want to separate things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might be like, you know, I was damaged by levaquin mm-hmm. and uh, pr- pretty badly. Right. And it's been called the chemo of antibiotics let's mm. throw all the antibiotics into one pill mm-hmm. so we're sure to, to catch the impression. right um, And so I don't like that analogy at all now that I've spoke about it but when we talk, <laughs> <laughs> but when we talk about whole plant medicine I have an, an intuitional, experience mm-hmm. with that i i think in that self-exploration that we learn to trust nature it was good enough for the cannabis plant right and uh, a hearty plant right and that that uh, entourage effect has been set to other plants mm-hmm. also um, right you know you start pulling one ingredient and you end up with medicine Mm -hmm. or you make it in the lab
0: right yeah yeah i mean you know cbd definitely has its place but i don't think it's the it's you get a much better effect when you're using the whole plant and you're getting the entourage yes You know, so that you're getting all the the terpenes and the flavonoids and all the things that are in it. Because all that works together. It's all in that plant for a reason, you know. So, it's, you know, I, I see where CBD has its place, especially as people begin to become more open yes. to using it because that's a, a really good entry point for yes. most people to help them feel comfortable and they can see that it works and then they'll feel comfortable moving into something else because most people especially if they've never used before are going to be kind of hesitant about jumping into just using thc products straight off the bat unless they've got like a really serious problem that they're trying to to address like you know somebody having seizures or you know they've got a diagnosis of cancer or something that they're trying to go after right you know, then they're going to be, you know, oh, yeah, give me the Rick Simpson oil. And, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I
1: think uh, people should keep CBD around. Um, I think people should eat hemp seed oil every mm-hmm. day, too. But um, it's really hard to practice what you preach, number one. right. And, but what a, a beautiful food source, you know. If we take responsibility for our health, rather than placing our power in a doctor's hands, you mm-hmm. um, Many things start to make sense. Uh, you you begin to know your body better. Right. Rather than a doctor tell you what you need to do to mm-hmm. change your body. Right. So I, I'm i very hopeful.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, what do you kind of either hope to see or do you think we might see in the next few years? You know,
1: like, you know they've been talking about integrative health care for decades. Mm. Uh, We're seeing it in um, Oregon and Washington. Uh, One of our Oklahomans, Dr. Aguilar Sunil, Mm -hmm. uh, has a clinic in, I believe he's in Oregon or Washington. But they're integrated with cannabis. I'm old enough that I remember uh, the day when, for instance, Laetrile Mm -hmm. became... um, newsworthy and they rent it out and right uh not fda approved Mm -hmm. i remember the struggles of uh, the supplements and so forth treatments rife treatments they all ended up in mexico right where do a lot of people go for their cancer treatment (laughs) but anyway (laughs) um I, I remember all of that. I remember a very small magazine. It was like eight by four. Mm-hmm. And it, it was in the grocery checkout, and it was called Prevention. It still maybe. Oh around. yeah,
0: yeah, I remember that.
1: And um, I remember reading that as a very young girl. I, I'm sure my attitude started mm-hmm. a long time ago. <laughs> right.
0: Well, I mean, it's, I, I told somebody the other day. I said, you know, I said the prohibition is over. It's just the federal government hasn't acknowledged that fact yet. <laughs> I won't say that they haven't caught up to that fact. They just haven't acknowledged it yet because they still want to hang on to that prohibition for some reason. So I think at some point as more and more states come online with their own medical or, or recreational programs, they're, they're going to have no choice. They, they are going to have to take it off the schedule. How long that's going to take, Mm, that's a whole other story.
1: It's the top of hypocrisy when you understand that the government has had patents on mm-hmm. cannabinoids and, and producing synthetics and other versions right. and so forth for decades. Uh, it seems like we have some power. I mean, it's like they're laughing in our face mm-hmm. in a way. Right. Um, unfortunately, it is about money. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, um some of our most needy or poor in the medicine game. Um, I don't know, maybe someday we'll see more co-ops where you can assign them as your caregiver or however right. those things work. Right. Or I don't know what the answer is going to be. For me, um, I, I'm really enjoying those plants. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's almost a spiritual experience. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and there's something to be said, you know, when you're growing your own, because, we, you know, we've had a garden before. So anybody who likes to garden, just in general, you know, there's a certain amount of, I guess, serenity or meditative um space that you get into when you're out there gardening because you you know you do get involved with your plants you know you're out there checking on them and you're watering and you're pulling out weeds and you're making sure they've got the nutrients and things that they need and if it's a vegetable garden you know you're trying to get them to where they produce and you can get that harvest and you get to enjoy what you actually grew you know your tomatoes always right you know your tomatoes always taste better your zucchini always tastes better than the stuff that you go buy in the store because you grew it you had control over it you know what went into growing that that plant. And I think if you're growing your own medicine, it's very much the same thing. If you're growing your own cannabis plants for your own medicine, I mean, obviously, you have a stake in it because you're growing it for medicine. But you have that that same type of relationship with those plants exactly. that you do when you're growing a vegetable patch. Exactly. You know, you're you're out there working with those plants every day. You're checking on them. You're trying to make sure they don't get bud rot and they don't get mold and the bugs stay off and flick off the big caterpillars and whatever. And you know, <laughs> and the
1: end result in your mind and in your energy and experience is. Uh, these are going to be beautiful mm-hmm. plants, and uh, I enjoy watching them grow. That right. is a uh, blessing, mm-hmm. yourself, your food.
0: Right, yep, this is true. <laughs> well, I appreciate you taking the time today to to sit down with us, and it'll be interesting to see what happens here in the state in the next few years, especially with our next legislative session coming up. I know I've heard some rumblings online about possibly them doing another petition to try and get recreational Mm -hmm. on there this time around so that's the i think the push for the recreational part at this point from the people who are wanting to do the petition it's not so much about just having recreational it's about trying to separate some of the things that are going on with the medical program like like the tax (laughs) you know shifting that high tax from the medical sales to recreational sales so that they can yeah so that way they can still have their revenue coming in from marijuana sales but that the patients can actually get it for a decent price because right now that's what's killing everybody is it's everything's just so blasted expensive i mean it's ridiculous so it's, you know, but there's good dispensaries around, and the, and there's good product out there, too. It's just sometimes it's a matter of finding it and trying to find what works best for your pocketbook and, mm-hmm. you know.
1: It's, it's tricky to navigate, and I, I uh, know without a doubt that every licensed cannabis user will find some level of success. Mm-hmm. I think it's an impossibility not to. Oh, yeah. Considering our physiology and the the endocannabinoid system. Mm -hmm. Well, it's been a great talk. I know.
0: I appreciate you taking the time with me today. So hopefully we can get together again. (laughs)
1: Yes. Maybe after uh, I can gather the information on all the children, it'd be interesting to...
0: That would be awesome. See what that shows.
1: experiences, Cool.
0: Oh, I was going to say, do you have um, like any social media stuff you want to put out there that people can go find information or look you up or find information about Little Buds or Uh,
1: Little Buds has a Facebook page just L-I-T-T-L-E Buds Um, and Oklahoma Women Can Association has a Facebook page and uh, link to the website where uh, women and children can make application to Little Buds or Sweet Sisters projects Uh, we are able to do this through the donations of the cannabis community, which by the way, in any situation that we see a little bit of drama or bumps in the road, I would like to just shadow that with the fact that we have a great community. You know, there's some personalities and whatever, Mm -hmm. but I've I've, uh, been blessed trying to do this job with those donations and so forth. you know, you get discouraged sometimes. Right? Oh, yeah.
0: Well, it's, I, you know, I, I have found I'm I'm not a native Oklahoma and I grew up in Mississippi, but I've lived here long enough. I consider myself an Okie at this point. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, you know, people in, in general in, in Oklahoma are, are very giving and, you know, can be very kind and helpful. And, you know, like you said, you always have those few characters that you're kind of like, okay, you know. <laughs> but it's you know overall you know the the cannabis community it has has been a really great community you know people are very supportive of each other patients yes. in general are very supportive of each other um you know i think most of the dispensary owners you know they're they're doing it because they want to help people they they're of course they want to make money too but you know they're also doing it because they want to help people so um i think we'll hopefully keep seeing some more good stuff come out of the state yes. and and hopefully Oklahoma will, will be become a leader for the the rest yes. of the country as to how a, a good cannabis program can can work because we're, we're the only state that when we passed our law did not have a list of conditions to that says you know you have to have one of these illnesses to be able to get a card. every other state has a list of conditions that if you don't have one of those you can't get a card. So, and I think that's the way it needs to be in all the states, that it should be anybody who who feels like they need a card can get a card. And (laughs)
1: that's nothing less than legislation, getting in the Mm -hmm. doctor-patient relationship, and it happens every day. Right.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, insurance companies like to get in the doctor-patient relationship, too. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. That's a whole other topic for another day. So, yes.
1: Yes. Go inspire nurses.
0: So, keep our fingers crossed. Hopefully, there will be lots of people out there that will start to to learn and all that good stuff so awesome well i appreciate it so hopefully we can get together soon when you get your information on the on the pediatric patients
1: sure i'd love to share it
0: awesome thanks a lot thank you i hope you guys enjoyed today's interview um i want to thank pam again for taking the time out to meet with me uh today so that we could bring you guys um this interview i will try to put some uh links in the show notes about um the some of the things that she mentioned there at the end the Facebook page and stuff uh and little buds so that you can find that if you're interested. I just want to remind everybody that the show is brought to you by Canucopia Consulting. Uh, so if you um have any need for uh education for Um, clinicians or you're a patient and you need some advice and guidance you can go to the website at canucopia.com it's c-a-n-u-c-o-p-i-a that's also where you will be able to find the show notes I also wanted to remind you to check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, on Facebook, there's actually a page for Canucopia Consulting, and then there is a group where you can interact uh, called Canucopia OK. So you can find both of those on Facebook. Um, hopefully, I'll see some of you guys on the Facebook group uh, where you can post questions, um, share articles, uh, you know interact all that kind of fun stuff and you can find me on Instagram under uh, at Canucopia if you would like to email me with any questions or suggestions you can email me at lisa at canucopia.com and i also wanted to mention uh next month on the 16th of november i will be doing a class in tulsa at the omcirc uh, up for uh, a cannabis for clinicians class so if you are a clinician or you know someone who is in nursing school and uh, lives in the tulsa area tell them to go to the OMCIRC website and uh, look at the events that they have coming up. I believe they use uh, Eventbrite for their, um, for their classes and things that they have coming up. Uh, the class will be $15 per person. Um, but I'm trying to, you know, reach as many nursing students as I can, hopefully, to uh, help provide a, a basic understanding of medical cannabis and um, how it works here in the state. And, you know, just give you a good basic understanding so when que- uh, you have questions come up from patients, you, you know, know what to tell them. Um, but so hopefully I'll see some of you there if you live in the Tulsa area I'm trying to find somewhere in the Oklahoma City area where I could also do the class but I haven't really found a space yet so I'm still working on that but if you would like to um see updates of uh what's going to be going on with the class and when it's going to be. You can uh follow me over on the Canucopia OK page. That's where I'll be uh posting that information uh and hopefully I will see you there. So um I hope you all enjoyed today's episode and I will see you again soon. Thanks, bye.